Don't ruin the Disney magic for a second. I'm sorry. Ten toes down, boys. We're in for a good one. <laughs> well said. Hi, my friends, it's Social Q&A Live. That's an epically hard to pronounce name. It is. And then dive into your questions around dating. This matcha is fucking good. Social dynamics, relationships. That's like a shot of a dick. Yo, what's good, my friends? It's Adam here, and welcome to the Social Q&A Live audio strip which comes straight from the YouTube live streams, which you guys can check out every, well, I shouldn't say every, most Fridays over on YouTube at The Bowl. You guys got questions on dating, social dynamics, or relationships, anything in the world of human interaction, I got you covered. Now, if you would like to receive a quick sip of social dynamics each and every Friday, well, I got you covered there as well. Every Friday, I hit that Bowl Sip weekly email newsletter, which just goes out to my hardcores and I include anything in the world of social dynamics that I feel like you guys need to know a little bit more about, a whole bunch of exclusives, insights, things that I'm dealing with in in, in this world, in this world of 10,000 things, cool shit, training, nutrition, uh, music, updates, the resources of wisdom. Y- you don't want to be missing out on this free piece of content. So, bodoja.com, put your email in and you'll receive a confirmation email in your inbox. Hit yes on that. If you haven't received it, just check your spam or your junk folder or promotions in Gmail should be there 3 20 p.m every single friday and of course this episode is brought to you by bulldojo.com where you guys can pick up my ebook the crash course to kick ass day game just get your day game sorted it's a quick action guide to get you out there to act as your reference your guide your mentor it is not meant to be used as an armchair theorizer you are meant to go out there and complete a 30-day challenge in tandem with it and it's just going to help you to progress much further also, by the way, if you do purchase the ebook, make sure you check your inbox within 24 hours afterwards because I pretty much personally message everyone who gets the toolbox with a few extra tips. Next up is the one-on-one Skype coaching. If you want to go a level deeper, this is where we can work on your limiting beliefs, create action plans in your life to get you moving forward, whether it be within dating, physical, mental, purpose, whatever side of the temple you want to angle off of me with, I'm going to be there to help you. Of course, there are the deeper level packages, which is what I refer to as the bowl inside. For my clients that are on the bowl inside, they get access to two things that outsiders don't, which is number one, priority messaging. Within 24 hours, you can message me on WhatsApp and I'm gonna respond to you outside of Australian weekends through my private number. Also, priority session booking. So you're not gonna be worried about having to book your sessions in and have to wait for like two to four weeks. People on the bowl inside get top priority. So with those two extra perks, you gotta be on a package. So all you have to do is hit up boldojo.com. You can see that in the Skype coaching section. There's more details there and we can work out what's gonna suit you best. And taking you to the deepest level of all, the Day Game Foundations Boot Camps. This is for those of you that are looking to take control of your lives, to achieve the freedom of choice in your dating life, to be able to see and attract a beautiful woman anywhere you are and know that you have the confidence to handle that interaction from open qualification investment, close, bring the best of your 50 and just really bust through all the things that have been holding you back sexually or socially speaking. As of recording this, we're currently in February right now. There's a couple good months left in Australia. So if you're around the world, if you're in Australia, hit up me up for inquiries within Australia. Otherwise, you got June, July, August, the uh, other side of the world, summer. We're currently scheduling and planning for that. So if you'd like me to come to your city, whether it be in London, New York, uh, potentially Canada, you know, anywhere around Europe or the US, just send me a message at bulldojo.com in the bootcamp section and we can dive a little bit deeper into that and get more information on it. But please, serious inquiries only. 
And please know that I don't just take absolutely anyone. I will grill you. I will vet you to make sure that you are in the right mental place to undertake what goes on in these boot camps. Now, with all that being said, if you guys would like to support this channel, support this podcast and just keep it going, you can donate anything that you wish through the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I, just my full name. Or you can also donate directly through the website, which is just bodojo.com. And in the podcast section at the top, there's a donate, which just goes straight through the website as if you were to, you know, get an ebook or guest carb coaching. So you can donate directly through there as well. And anything that you guys do donate is extremely appreciated and just goes back to everything that I do here at The Bowl. So thank you very much to all of you. And with all the formalities out of the way, let's dive straight into this podcast. Social Q&A, baby. Let's go. I got a DM on the gram from Mr. Saleh. And Saleh comes in saying, Hey, Adam. I was going through your video on what is a man, and I quickly realized I don't have a purpose in life. For the past three months, I've been trying to figure it out or struggling to create myself as an identity. I am in university now. Every day I wake up for the purpose of getting the best out of university life. But once exams are done, I feel like I don't have a reason to wake up in the morning, i.e. I feel lost. I'm trying out a lot of new things, but I feel like I'm doing those things for the sake of building my resume i.e. self-interest, rather than fully diving in on it. At the same time, I am perplexed by the amount of things I want to try, which makes me end up doing nothing. There is one thing I figured I truly love to do, and that is going to EDM shows. That makes me feel alive and truly be there because I want to be there. My question is, how are you able to understand that improving other people's lives... Sorry, that my question is, how are you able to understand that improving other people's dating lives or social lives would be the focus of your criteria on your purpose in life. Beautiful, beautiful question. Very well, uh, very well phrased. You guys know I like to rate questions. Very well written out question. Let me just, I just want to check these. Uh, Bobby says it's good. Thank you, Bobby. And Saleh. Oh, I wonder if this is you. Saleh, the audio level is pretty clear. Thank you, lads, for the uh, feedback on the audio. So let me backtrack up here. Let's look at his question here. He's been trying to figure out his purpose in life for the last three months. Okay, so hang on. There are two ways I like to think about. Let's just dive straight into tactics. There are not everyone's attention span is two hours long out of. I gotta remember that sometimes. But for those of you that do last two hours, you get my respect. There are two ways I like to think about creating purpose in life, Mr. Soler, and for all of you watching right now. Number one is through struggle. We think about struggle, that's an entire tree to itself. And number two is helping others, which is, of course, another tree, but all planted within the same garden. So I will cover both very tactically here at the beginning. And if you guys have further questions, I'm sure we can dive into that. And if you want to, I guess I'll wrap it up with my how I was able to come about and wake up with such a burning desire to wake up every single morning, how purpose is now not even something I think about anymore, at least in a struggle mentality of, I just don't know what I'm doing, you know, and don't get it wrong. That was, that was me for a long time. I was just like Mr. Slayer here for a long time. Uh, and at first it's always unconscious. At first it's unconscious, I guess, when you leave high school, because this idea of purpose and waking up with a reason, it's just put to the back burners because you just don't even, if you go into uni and you're going to, there's really, here's how I describe it. There's either automatic life or there's manual life. And for a lot of my clients, 
I've got a particular client in general, uh, specifically speaking, shout out to T. I wonder if he's still in Japan. Wherever you are, T, hope you're doing well. And he's been trying to make this transition from automatic life and very loosely automatic life is just following how society has set up life for you in which that go to primary school, go to high school, do well in high school, get your ATAR, get your SACE, uh, just the educational qualifications here in South Australia, and then go to your uni, right? And go to uni and commit three years minimum. Might be looking at seven, eight years if you want to do something more intense. And you're going to rack up somewhere minimum of around $40,000 in debt, upwards to $120,000, $150,000, depending on the degree you're doing. And if you're going to go on and do a PhD, etc. And then maybe eight years later, you come out, what are you, 26 now, 28 now. That's if you did it full time as well. And now you've got this extreme debt. But putting that to the side, you've got, you've got your thing. You've got your engineering degree. You've got your medicine degree. You've got your, uh, your architecture, your, your creative, whatever you're doing, your Bachelor of Media, your Bachelor of Arts. And now it's get a job. Now it's just get a job. Now you're going to start working. You've got to start contributing back to society. And, but that's not, even, that's not the focus, is it? The focus isn't contributing to society. The focus is, shit, I've, I'm 40000 in the hole. I'm 100000 in the hole, and I've just got to work to pay that off. But it's, it's too much to ask of someone to exist in that life and that be their purpose. In this life, it's too much for a fresh out of, uh, for a postgraduate to come out and, and to say, well, I'm just going to wake up every single day because the most impending thing on me is to pay off my, my student debt, my loan debt. So we have to fill our lives with other things. We have to fill our lives with a car repayment, have a nice car to be able to drive to that job. We have to put down deposit on a house because we've got to have a nice place to live right? so that we can come home from having paying off and working that job that's going to pay off that debt. And as you start to see the way that I'm just describing automatic life here for those of you that are coming in new. Automatic life, the way that society has set it up for you is so that, yeah, you get your mortgage, get your car loan so that you can work a job in order to pay off a debt and that's it. And then along the way, if you can have some fun, if you can meet a woman that you enjoy and that she enjoys you, if you can find some hobbies, if you can play some club soccer, if you can football for the rest of you, if you can throw some axes, if you can do some other cool shit, okay. Okay. But largely automatic life is centered around that being your purpose. It's almost, it's like the purpose of automatic life is almost purposelessness. If you really think about it, work a job, to get a car, to pay for a house, to impress people you're not really concerned with. That's a lot of people's lives. I'm not judging it. That's just as I see, as I look from the outward perspective, that seems to be the rat race. That seems to be the, the, uh, the turning wheel of 21st century. However, there are many that have stepped out into manual life. And manual life, how I describe, is taking control. You know, it's just very simple in that analogy. You, you're going you're to shift the clutch. Right? You're going to take control of the gear stick and you're going to work the cogs of your, of your daily waking life and why you're waking up in the morning to, to not be so concerned with the thoughts and opinions of others, to not, to not be stuck in this vacuum of, cycling patterns in which that I do things and I'm not entirely sure why for but I do that because I'm not sure of why I do that 
Instead, we separate ourselves from that momentum and we go, well, I want to take control of my life. So maybe instead of following the path that society laid out for me, which is a lot easier, that's why it's the mainstream. That's why it is the majority. That is why uh, so many people agree to it. So many people agree to automatic life because it's a much easier path. You're not, if for those of you that have played Age of Empires, I talked about this in the last kind of purposey podcast. Uh, it's, a, it's an old school RPG game back in the day when I was like seven years old uh, in year one and year two. We used to play it at primary school actually where you get like 20 of us to like my entire class and we get like get on the computers you play like against each other. And basically what Age of Empires was, was like old medieval, not even medieval, before that. It's like the original RPG where you start off in four little, in four cubic square meters, four little squares and you're a little caveman. And you got your little fire, but the rest of the screen is just darkness. And then it's up to you to direct your little character to explore out into the unknown. And then land appears, new things appear, new tribes appear. You got to fight them and you can build huts. And then you progress through the Stone Age to the, the Golden Age and then ships. And then it's just, you know, that's the progression, hence Age of Empires. But it all starts off as a little man in four square pixels with a little fire, and the rest is darkness. And that's how we all start off in life. That's how we all begin. But somewhere along the way, we evolved as the human race to, that as we started to explore more and more out, more and more out, that, well, we've already got, we've already got survival mechanisms here. We've already got our hut built. Why should you explore out into areas that are uncharted, that are unknown, that are wrought with danger? No, just walk the line. Walk the line. Walk the way that everyone does. Go to uni, get your job, live your life, especially socially. You know, be happy to meet a girl that kind of likes you, but you're not necessarily that interested. And okay, maybe have some kids if you can, and then live out the rest of your life and save all your money, and then and not really use it, and you know, just the typical automatic life. And it's and don't get me wrong, for some people. The automatic life is a is is not the worst thing. It's not the worst thing for some people. There's so many people out there, Mister Soleil, that don't want a manual life. That the the constant stress of having to be responsible for your income alone, just that alone. Forget about having to be in control of your physical and your mental. And your social side, just being able to provide food and be able to eat and be able to not sleep out in the rain and just have an income through the manual style of life, that is far too stressful for most people. And there is definitely, it's a scale as well, by the way. It's not like you're either 100% automatic or 100% manual. It's a scale. Those are just the two far ends. Because you can find people in the middle, you can find people who lean more towards a manual lifestyle in which that they've created a purpose for themselves. They've architected their purpose in life, and this is why they wake up in the morning, but maybe they also uh, work underneath someone. Maybe they work underneath someone towards a bigger future, a bigger dream. And anyways, I'm going to wrap up this manual and automatic because it's interesting. I wanted to talk about struggle first, but manual and automatic came up because it's something that I work with my clients quite a bit. And it's just, it's clarity. You need clarity around it. Now, I'm going to draw back here. I'm going to draw back here because we definitely got off on a tangent there, but I feel like it's useful to try and understand life in this way. And so getting back to Soler's question, actually, let me just get his words here. 
He says, I feel like I I don't have a reason to wake up in the morning, i.e. I feel lost. I'm trying out a lot of new things, but I feel like I'm doing those things for the sake of building my resume. And even just that part there, I want to just dial in on when he says I feel lost. Listen, this is where I'm going to dive into struggle. For the longest time, for us, evolutionally speaking, as human beings, our purpose was our tribe. 10,000 years ago, 300,000 years ago, our purpose was our tribe. You didn't need to have someone tell you what to do when you woke up. Survival was your purpose. Just eating, just being out in the conditions and the elements and making do with that and ensuring on a more gene-based level that we actually connect through the next generation and can provide them with some of the lessons that we learned. That was our purpose. So I I highly doubt you would find someone 10,000 years ago uh, to 300,000 years ago that would even, that just laugh at you if you ask them if they said you feel lost, right? That's a laughable thing to say that I feel lost as a human being. If you think about it from a 300,000 to upwards to 10,000 year perspective, our purpose was our tribe. Now, if we rewind to 100 years ago, still relatively laughable, scoffable, foolish to say that I don't have a purpose or I feel lost. Because where were we in 1920? We're in the midst of world wars. Right? World War I, and I think, just, just ended at that point. 1914, 1915 to 1918, or is just wrapping up anyway? We just come out of World War One, But anyways, it's around that time. Your purpose was your nation. That there was no time to be concerned with these... Uh, what's the correct word? With these almost, I guess, from if you were to take someone from 1920, a frivolous matter. It is a frivolous matter to wake up uh, and not know what you're supposed to be doing that morning. If your country's at war, if, if, if half of your... Or if even more than half, if 70 to 80% of the world is aligned in this one matter that we need to defeat the other 30 to 40% of the world, right? If you're living down here in Australia and you're in the allied forces, right, you got, and you're, you're not, you're concerned with, it's a real possibility, especially in Australia, that we could all be speaking Japanese in 10 years if we don't win this war, that we would all be learning to write kanji. We'll be learning right here in And listen, I love the Japanese, but back in World War II, and uh, <laughs> back in World War II, that, that, they were our biggest enemy. They were on the shores of Australia. And, oh, well, I love them now. I love them now. And so and we'll drop them. That's why we're dropping bombs. And so you've got Germany and Italy and Japan, and you're thinking about these things. Like, and I'm sure people that are waking up in 1945 are not concerned with what their purpose in life is. For the most part, I think that would be a very small fraction because there's real struggle. There was real struggle for daily existence that... Uh, all these human, all these uh, protesters in Melbourne and these activists that are going, stepping beyond their bounds and just because they've done a Bachelor of Arts and, you know, they haven't experienced the world, yet they're lying down on the tram tracks in Burke Street Mall uh, protesting for people they don't know in countries they don't know and never been to because they're virtue signaling. Now, I'm not saying that some of them don't have a, have a real burning desire to actually help these people. That's not what I'm saying. It's the ones that decide they need to interrupt society, like our society, to try and get their message across. And that actually does the complete reverse for them. When I was down there coaching boot camp and they blocked the tram lines at 5 p.m. on a Friday and people couldn't get home to their families, no one gives a fuck about your virtue signaling message at that point, even if for those of them that aren't virtue signaling, which a lot of them are, but for the ones that are are really that are really wholesome and really true about their message and have actually been to these countries and like um, 
Israel, Israel and uh, Palestine, etc. Just this example, you know, for those that are actually had their hearts in the right place and are actually like they're not just doing it because they want to put in their Instagram bio, you know, activist that type of thing. If they actually have like really thought about this shit, even for those people, your message gets completely diluted when you interrupt other people's freedoms. And you're actually doing the complete reverse of your message. Anyways, all I was talking about there is that rewind to 1945, no one's putting up with that shit. The police, they let them do that for like half an hour. Rewind back to 1945, not going to happen because those are not going to happen because uh, there's going to be so few people that are in that mind. That's just the current state of particularly Melbourne, very socialist left at the moment. However, just with impending war, with impending countries that want to drop bombs on you, that want to take over your land, that is a real struggle. Which is why when you look at the 300K, 300K perspective, 300,000 years ago, there was real struggle. That's why they had purpose. Their purpose was born through struggle, Mr. Sillet, to, to, to hunt this animal, to make this kill, to provide for my family, to provide the food and the shelter, and to progress the gene line 300,000 years ago. That's real struggle. I'm not sure if any of you have ever been hunting or have ever even just been out into the wilderness. But it is a struggle to survive out there. So there's real purpose. When there's impending war, right, 100 years ago, real purpose. But if we look at now, finally, at present day, Mr. Sillet, you can see how your issue, and while it is not rare, it is not rare, your issue is, I would say, the most common. Right? Young men and... We can talk about women later if you want to know a little bit more about that. But young men that are waking up without a burning desire to, that don't have a reason to, it's outrageous. It is outrageous from a human evolutionary perspective, yet it is still the current state of society. So, I thought I'd give you my underworkings, the, 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 uh, the mental structure at which I approach the first half of creating purpose, which comes through struggle. And now that you understand that, well, it actually becomes quite simple to create purpose in your life. Not easy, though. Quite simple, but not easy. Let me take a pause here and just say that if you guys are in this Q&A live stream, drop me a thumbs up on the video down below. It just helps the video out, support the channel, helps YouTube know and send it out to the rest of the community. And... Uh, yeah, we are, we're here on a social Q&A and of course we'll get your questions later on and Super Chat is available and Bolt Sip Weekly Email Newsletter. It's going to be coming out 3.20pm. Sign up at boldojo.com. Put your email in. It's going to be a good time. So, the actual architecting of your purpose now, Mr. Soler. It sounds like you lack real struggle. Real struggle. And I, now I guess we can start to talk about how I created purpose in my life. And it all came through struggle. We will get to my story, but I like to keep things not about me to begin with and just talk about things uh, that are applicable to absolutely everyone. And then I'll give you guys the real example from me. So struggle. If we, if we can identify now that purpose is a surefire way, is a straight road to architecting purpose in your life, and that comes through real struggle. Now, you don't, have, you don't necessarily have to go out and become a bow hunter. You don't necessarily have to go out and create a war with your neighbor in order to create this purpose. Okay, in fact, I recommend not. But we can manufacture struggle in our life both on a macro and micro perspective. I like to think about it in both ways. I think it oscillates between both. I think one helps the other. So let's start with macro. 
architecting macro struggle in your life? Are you dependent on anyone? Is your daily existence dependent on anyone? And remember, there's a scale here. I just want to ask that question so you can think about it. Who am I dependent on? Now, don't just think about that in terms of monetarily and financially. Am I dependent on someone emotionally? Because that was me when I was coming up. When I was a young boy, 17 to 19, I couldn't do anything on my own. I could not do anything on my own. Couldn't go out and meet girls on my own. Couldn't travel on my own. Couldn't, couldn't just do things. Things on my own. Like we're, we're, I've just started Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, right? And I'm, listen, part of this week's Bowl Sip e- uh, Weekly Email is called, and the title of it is uh, Your Future, 10-Year Future Self. And we talk about uh, making plans to become who you want to be in 10 years. This is one thing. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, this is one thing that current day Adam, 26-year-old Adam, would have, I would have loved to have started 10 years ago at 16. Now, it's not that I couldn't have, but to be able to just go to a dojo on my own, which is, of course, nowadays I have no issue with. I don't know anyone at the dojo that I'm going to right now, but I just rock up and I'm like, hell yeah, and I start meeting everyone, start making friends. I've already got a whole new section of friends now from only going three times, and I just went there on my own. I didn't know anyone there before, and it's, a, it's, it's like a whole new world's opened up, but it was just that simple. All I had to do was show up, but 17 to 19-year-old Adam, macro speaking, wasn't creating that struggle. Nowadays, it's not a struggle because I've been through so much other social struggle that going to a unknown dojo in a unknown martial art that I've never experienced formally before, that's, 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 that's baby cakes. That's baby cakes now. But for 17 to 19-year-old Adam, just doing shit on my own emotionally, what I was talking about here is I was dependent upon others. I was never putting myself in the struggle of having to be emotionally reliant for myself. So you can look at it emotionally. And we look at dependent. And there's always a growing scale here. There's not like a fully, there will never be a fully actualized, fully realized version. No, because there's always the next challenge. But I want you to think about that macro. Where am I sliding in life, Mr. Select? Where am I sliding in life in which that I'm not taking the hard path? In which that I am actively choosing if not consciously, but definitely subconsciously, because that's just my conditioned patterns, to take the easy way. And that's why I talked about macro there, but it happens in micro so often. Just how you interact with other human beings, it tells me so much about a person. When I'm coaching bootcamp clients, previous weekend, and just all the other clients I've worked with in person, where I spent a couple of days with them, I always observe their interactions, not with women, not when we're in the actual the big moment, so to speak, when I'm coaching them through their social dynamics in a cold approach sense, but I'm, when we're just in the supermarket or when we're just going walking through the library or we're just at the cafe and I look at how they interact with other people and you make macro and micro decisions within those moments, particularly micro, in which that you either take an easy path or a hard path. And this is what it boils down to. How often do I take the easy path or the hard path? That, that alone will tell you, will tell me everything I need to know about someone's reason for waking up in the morning, how much purpose they have. Because through the struggle, purpose is created. I want to throw you an example here. Gary Vaynerchuk. All of you will know him as Gary V. For those of you that don't know him, uh, probably, heck, I'm not sure how you couldn't if you're on the internet in 2020, but he's the face of entrepreneurship. 
Okay, there's no one, there's no one more solid than him in the space of entrepreneurship. For those of you that know his story, uh, going I'll just breeze over it, but for those that don't, Gary didn't come out online until 30 years old, until he's 30. He spent from age, basically until he, basically from when he could walk, until roughly, I think it was like late teens, early 20s, working in his father's wine shop basement, just packing wine. Just for like 10 straight years, just packing wine down in the basement. And then finally went up and started working up in the in the wine store. And at a certain point, took over his father's uh, wine business. And when they had been on the internet and took his, uh, the business was already doing roughly $1 to $2 million uh, gross, not in profit, but gross in a year. And then took it to a $30 million business or so. Right. And that was all through the internet and online marketing. That's what spurred off Gary's story. But if you look at Gary's story there, It was born through struggle. You know, whatever you, I've uh, I've always spoken about Gary as a as a mentor of mine who I've never actually met, but he was someone that right from the beginning of when I started this channel that I just I, I know his content better than he does. Right, for at least for the that's for the first few years that I followed him, I just watched everything, and because I just it resonated so heavily with just not being this shyster, not being this snake oil salesman, and just being upfront with people, which aligned with my social dynamic principles but just in business. and But when I look at Gary, it's like his purpose was created through struggle. Yes, you see him in the high life now. If you follow his channel and you see him uh, at, at just the top of entrepreneurship and the top of, of admiration from all people across all spans in the business world, there's no one who doesn't like Gary V. And there's a reason for that. But all of that acclaim, all that critical acclaim didn't come until he was he had put in decades, decades of work. And that work was done without any pat on the back, was done without any form of external validation. It was just him just putting his nose to the grindstone and just getting shit done. Honing himself through struggle. The stuff he's doing wasn't easy, especially when he stepped out into online marketing and he was the first online wine retailer to use email marketing as well, that, that's unknown territory. That's stuff that could, that's, that's very likely to, at that time, everyone said sink. That's, that shit's going to sink. But of course, uh, history, uh, history proved Gary right. But all I want to talk about with Gary's stories and I find it very inspirational when I look at purpose, which is that your purpose doesn't have to come from a deeply spiritual place. It doesn't have to come from a, a self-help book. It doesn't have to come from from even necessarily a mentor or someone telling you. In fact, I'm not even sure of that. For those, I can always sense. How about this? I can always sense when someone's purpose is not derived from a true internal place. You can always feel it. I look in their eyes. I was talking to uh, Jay. I was having drinks with Jay the other night at a rooftop bar. And I was talking to him about a boot camp I ran in Canada last year. And he just like kind of interrupted me. And he said, listen, I'm going to stop you talking here, but I fucking love it when you talk about your shit because your eyes just light up. You're like a little kid on Christmas boarding. And I'm like, that's, and I'm like, yeah, of course. This is, this is my purpose in life. This is what I love to do. So of course my eyes light up with this shit. But that's what I'm talking about is that you, when someone has adopted a purpose from someone or something else, whether it be society, which is the majority of human beings, the majority of human beings adopt their purpose from society. Now, 300,000 years ago, that's fine. 
to adopt the purpose of society of survival. That's fine. That's very fulfilling. A hundred years ago, to adopt the purpose of society, we need to bolster for the nation to make sure the Japanese don't take over, make sure the Italians and the Germans don't take over. Okay, that's fine because that's real impending struggle. But 2020s society's purpose cannot be adopted. You cannot adopt it. I said before that automatic life works for a lot of people. It does, but not to the degree in which that they're waking up without even knowing why. Even people that are in automatic life, they still need to have a reason, I believe, a reason for why they get up in the morning. And the, and I know some that do and that are having a great life. I know particularly older adults, 45-year-olds, 50-year-olds, that do live an automatic life in which that they are working to help build someone else's dream. But their purpose lies elsewhere. They're just using that for the for that carrot, for that money ticket, so that because their their family's absolutely everything to them, or they're supporting this nonprofit, or they're, they've got these their their passion in life is to travel the world and experience new cultures, and so that they get their carrot, they get their money ticket over here, and they're at an aligned place. They're working for someone they're aligned with. They know that they're not building their dream, but it's not their dream to to be a, a manual leader, so to speak. Not everyone needs to be a number one. but So they find an aligned place. This is something I used to see at Apple a lot when I used to work for Apple, which is that not everyone wants to become Steve Jobs or Tim Cook. Not everyone working at Apple wants to become the store leader or even one of the managers. The managers are like the lower level and then the leader, store leader is the one above that. You know, not everyone wants to do that. For, for a lot of us, we just find an aligned workplace that's going to give us that carrot so that we can work on our other dream, our other purpose. And so there's definitely a harmony here, Mr. Siller. There is a harmony to be found. But bring them back here. It is a grave mistake, in my opinion, which is why the current state of society has a lot of boys that look like men, is because they have adopted the purpose of society, which is purposeless. It's purposeless. A purpose without struggle is purposeless. I don't, I don't care what it is. You can, you can sit there in front of me all day long and tell me about your purpose, but if I don't sense a, a, real, a real depth of struggle that comes from within, then I, I just can't, I can't believe you. I can't believe you, and I've never seen it. When I look into people's eyes and I ask them, what, do you, what gets you going in this life? You know, other people's version of that is, what do you do with yourself? For me, it's what gets you going, what gets you up, what's, what's keeping you uh, energized at the moment. For those that have a strong answer to it, and it's not necessarily some, some stoic, uh, you know, Socrates or uh, Seneca-ridden type, Marcus Aurelius philosophical reason for their purpose. No, it's this burning depth of fire that comes from within, and I and you can just sense that it came from a struggle. So now I'll talk you talk to you about. Because Soler's actual question was, and how, if I get it here at the end, my question is, how were you able to understand that improving other people's dating lives or social lives would be the focus of your criteria on your purpose in life? So he's a little bit off there. He's a little bit off because he, uh, there's very few times I've actually spoken my purpose word for word. The deepest of the OGs would, might know what it is, like, like how I like to phrase it. Because it's largely something I just keep to myself and then I allow it to manifest outside of me. Not that I won't talk to someone about it, but it's just not something I obviously walk around. Hey guys, you know, <laughs> this is my purpose in life. 
Uh, but to the first part of his uh, to, to his question now, my purpose in life came through real struggle. So, so Lair's a little bit off in in his wording where he says he he believes that my purpose in life is improving other people's dating lives or social lives. That's a very small fragment of it. A very small fragment. But I will explain it a little bit more in depthly in a second. But I just want to backtrack to give context here, which is that, well, no, nah, because then I got to, I got to explain it first off, because then that will give you the history. So, for you, Mister Slayer, and for everyone else wandering out there, my purpose in life is to guide all beings on their journeys of self cultivation, and to liberate all beings into realizing their true nature. Let that space be there. Now, for those of you that were watching the screen as I was saying that, for those of you on the podcast that aren't looking at the screen, uh, there's a burning intensity behind my eyes. That is something that is so drilled deep within my heart. I wake up with it every single morning. I go to sleep with it every single night. It is a running th- thought line throughout my my entire day. Every action is aligned to that to that to that memo. That is aligned to that line right there. And so when Celeste says, because Celeste just looks at what, how it manifests in this space as being with social and dating uh, relations, that's only a part of my purpose, right? That's only a very, that's a very small part, but I deal on a much broader spectrum than that. So now, now that you know what it is, I can backtrack it to how that came about. And how that came about was through my own struggle. If you had met me at 17, who was just sweating, sweating at the idea of going up to an attractive woman on the street who was sweating at the idea of going to a, a place on his own, a restaurant on his own, a movie theater on his own, a new martial arts dojo on his own, <clears throat> to, to go to the farmer's market on his own, to, to travel the world on his own. It's, it's like, to, to even, I remember on my first trip outside the country, wasn't even actually, like without parents, wasn't on my own. It was with my two best mates, Roy and Matt. Rest in peace to Mr. Matt. And it was on the South Pacific Islands cruise. But even on that cruise, when it was just us three lads, Roy and Matt were able to do things on their own. They were able to go meet up girls on their own and go explore this on their own. But for me, it freaked me out. It freaked me out to try and step out and do stuff on my own. That was me at 17. And that was me walking up and down the mall for two hours at a time, not speaking to any girls, not speaking to any woman at all. Right? And and for two years, two good long years, and for a lot lot longer before that as well. And so that's real struggle. That's a real struggle, just just going through that. Now, at least that's where it sets the stage for it. And then going through that that first 30-day challenge, where I just finally just said, fuck it. And I started going out every single day for 30 days in a row, meeting as many people as I could, breaking down those interactions, and then finally just completely turned it all around. Had my first ever date in two years. I hadn't had a date from Cold Approach. And my first ever day after 30 days, and my first ever pull back home, which then led to my first ever lay, which led to my first ever casual relationship times three, and then my first ever two-year relationship after that. That entire transformation was born through struggle. And then Mr. Soler, to bring it down for you here, which is that, because that 30-day challenge was not easy. That's a quick number to say. But for someone who was coming from the place that I was coming from, I was sick to my stomach every single day that I went out on that 30-day challenge, or at least for the first two weeks, I should say. For the first two weeks, it didn't start, that sickness in the stomach didn't start to go away until about two weeks afterwards, until about two-week point. But for the first two weeks, for sure, I felt like throwing up every time I wanted to go out, 
Right, that was a real struggle for me when I was going out there. And then, and, and even just like to the first time I brought that first woman home, so much struggle, rushing her in completely. And even though she was so down for it, she was so much older than me as well. She was so down for it. She was just, she was loving it. Yet I was freaking out about the whole thing, trying to rush the whole thing, skip the Lion King, try and take the clothes off as fast as possible. And I couldn't get it up. Couldn't get it up. And then repeatedly with several other girls after that, couldn't get it up. So much sexual dysfunction because of my nerves and my anxiety. And, it's, and most guys don't go through this, right? This is not a normal thing. So for me to have to deal with this and to try and work it out on my own, and I did, and I've got podcasts and social Q&As on this, the struggle. And then, so finally, I talked about that it girl, the girl that I got into the two-year relationship with after enjoying some casual relationships, about three of them for about two, two months, eight weeks or so. And I met the other girl, Jay, the it girl. Hope she's doing well. I haven't spoken to her in a long time. It's been many years. It was when I got into that relationship with her that I told her, even though right now I'm working in portrait and fashion video photography and videography, I'm gonna, I, need to, I need to tell people about this. I need to coach people on this. I need to give back to some of the guys here locally that are in the same place as me. So while I won't progress anything sexually with these other girls that I'm meeting, I need to keep working on this. It's like, even though you've seen me at a really good point, I'm still learning. And she was happy with this. She's like, well, that's fine. You just, just keep it, just, you know, still go me girls, but, you know, keep it, don't, don't go to the full nine yards, so to speak. And so I still went out and that's when the coaching began. That's when I started, that's when Jordan and I started doing the free sessions. We're on a Friday afternoon, twilight, 5 p.m. in Rundle Mall. You get 10 guys come out and we say, listen, guys, just come out. We'll show you the ropes of how I made a girl on the day. And then so we'll do a little seminar in the side street and everyone's fucking freaking out. Everyone's freaking out because they don't know what this shit is. And then I'm just, we're just like steadying the shit because we've got a lot more experience. Like, listen, all you guys need to do is just have an amazing warm up. For most of you, that's going to be more than enough. So all you got to do, you're gonna, we teach them how to warm up. And then everyone goes out there, you wing up and everyone's like meeting these girls. And so, and so now what I'm finding is my purpose as a result of my struggle. As a result of having to go through so much pain through my own personal journey that I've found a natural, a natural conduit for this energy to flow through, through this electricity to flow through. And then now it just gets harnessed. Now it just goes from you know, these very rough initial free sessions to more structured, to now boot camps that only cost $100, even though at the time they were top-notch. And nothing what they are today, but you know, just starting off with little hundred dollar boot camps, and then, and then, then our first trip interstate, a first time coaching interstate, and just all producing the content, sharpening the blade, sharpening the blade. But it all, now, all this stuff is very easy now. It's very easy to harness once, once the energy has been derived, to then harness it and direct it into a space in which that your purpose can come alive. That's the easy part. That's the easy shit. If you if you wake up ready to repopulate the earth, that type of energy, you got that repopulation energy, well then all it's all a matter of is just getting the reins on and go, all right, Stallion, this way. This is the way. Let's go this way. And at any point that you don't like this way anymore, that's fine because the energy, as all I'm concerned with is that energy. I want to make sure that that energy never dies, that your reason for waking up never dies because the the, the 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 conduits the horses the vehicles they are many they are 
inexhaustible. The foolish man looks for the vehicle to be his purpose. The wise man goes in the reverse. The wise man starts with the energy that creates his purpose, and then, well, the vehicle just appears. And it can be slotted into anything. Into anything. So, Mr. Soleil, coming back here for you right now. You're asking me about, or you tell me that you feel lost. You feel telling me that you're doing things for frivolous reasons, in which that I'm just trying to build my resume. I'm just trying to have a good resume so when I finish my exams, I can do as society has told me, which means to go out and find myself a job so that I can pay off this 40000 this this uh, $50,000, this $100,000 degree, okay? I'm not telling you to not complete your degree or to ditch an automatic life. You might not be a manual driver. You might not want to be in control, full control of how your life how your daily existence comes about. It's not for everyone. Okay, It's not for everyone to have the stress of that. However, I invite you to find that energy. I invite you to find that energy which comes through struggle, as I have detailed here. Right? I just noticed very quickly, because, uh, hold on, I just noticed in the chat, someone asked, um, how do I know my purpose exactly? Don't worry, guys. I see all the other other questions. I will get to them in a second. It's just that it's relative to what I'm saying right now. Uh, Luke Solomon's just said, how exactly do you know your purpose? Well, Luke's probably just joined in very late here. But coming back, because I'm wrapping this section up before we do get into your questions on social Q&A. Actually, we've got a bit more before that, but get ready for it. Uh, that energy I'm talking about, the energy, the flame, the repopulation energy, to be able to go forward and be waking up every single morning with that, it has to come through a struggle for you. For me, it came from my own personal struggle of going through my own transformation of social dynamics, of being that principle-less boy who didn't know what it meant to be direct, congruent, authentic with a woman or any being in general. Right? And through the struggle from evolving from boyhood to manhood psychology, that is where my energy for purpose came from. That's where it came from because that was my greatest struggle. And as I started off this social Q&A, I said to you guys this. Your greatest struggle will be your greatest gift. Look at anyone in this world you look up to. All of my mentors, their greatest gift to this world was born through their greatest struggle. We only respect people that have been through struggle. You guys don't respect me because I just came out of the womb like this. The, pe the clients that really come to me, they've seen that old school footage. They've seen that footage of me in uh, the greatest lesson from 25 years of life at the beginning when I'm just this little potato, this little 18-year-old potato talking like this, and my voice is so high. You respect me because I've been through the struggle. You respect the person, not necessarily because they're fully actualized, but you respect them because they invite struggle. So Mr. Soleil, if you're fed up with the frivolous things, if you're fed up with things that aren't for finding you at the end of the day, exhausted, but from fulfillment, then I would invite you to find somewhere where and to explore this world with struggle. Explore the struggles. For any young guy that says to me, and because you also mentioned the paradox of choice, which is something that I talk about in the Bowl Sip Weekly email newsletter this Friday, as in today, coming out in five, probably five hours or so. Just if you're new to this, just bowdojo.com, put your email in, you'll get that. The paradox of choice you mentioned. There's so many things you want to try. I agree. I had this this two weeks ago. I had to choose between Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and bow hunting. 
I'm not going to do both at the same time. And I pretty just nailed it down to what would my 10-year future self thank me for? Which decision would he thank me for? Oh, he would thank me most likely for going down the route of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu first. Right, that seems a little more relevant to my life than bow hunting. Not that I don't, I really want to do bow hunting. But, but anyways, I choose the one that's going to provide me with the greatest struggle. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu by far is going to provide me with a greater struggle, at least where I'm at in my life right now, than bow hunting. Not saying that bow hunting won't provide tremendous struggle. It will. But, but so you see right there in a micro, that's how I make a decision and don't allow the paradox of choice to cripple me. I opt for what my future self 10 years down the line would thank me for today. And I, uh, <laughs> this is beautiful. This is fucking beautiful. And you guys are at that point with me right now. I am one year away from that 10 year future self who began 10 years ago. I'm 26 right now. I began my journey of self-cultivation when I was 17. Next year, I'll be, sorry, this year, I'll be 27. And if you don't think that every single day it doesn't come back to me and wish that I thank my 17-year-old self for beginning that struggle, yeah. that's, and that's how I think about life. That's how I think about life. You young man who's lost, don't have purpose, you need to explore struggle. You need, to, you need to find the things that cripple you. Think about Wim Hof. Think about Wim Hof, right? the Viking, bloody Viking. Who's, uh, for those of you that don't know who Wim Hof is, just type his name into YouTube. Several world records uh, on cold exposure. He's, we respect Wim Hof and we respect his breathing techniques because he's lived it, because he's been through that struggle and it, it's all written out. There are very few human beings in this world. In fact, up until him, none. There were no human beings in this world on record that could walk up the Himalayan mountains in their board shorts, that could spend such ridiculous amounts of time submerged in Arctic ice, underneath the ice, you know, world records for many different things in this nature. But we didn't start hearing about him and uh, adorning him with our respect until he had been through the struggle. People these days, people these days, young people these days want to be respected before they've been through the struggle. And so you, you, might, you might get some... Listen, listen, I'm not hating on, on the professional hot girls. Okay, this is where my mind goes. I'm not hating on the professional hot girls. Listen, we none of us. We all we all we all mind a, a little bit of squad action in our lives. We all we don't mind a few girls getting their ass out on Instagram. We don't mind that. However, if you're sitting here and telling me that just because a girl shows her tits and ass on Instagram and she got a million followers that you respect her for that, it's, I don't think so. I don't think there's many people that would say that I that well the. She's been through the, the struggle, the struggle of making her ass bigger. That's why I respect her. It's like, nah, nah, I, I, I don't think so. Okay, I'm not sure about that. But, but as you can see, that's I just throw you that juxtaposition. But then when you look at someone like Wim Hof, who has spent 40, 50 years without any public attention. He, if you go back to the original Joe Rogan podcast with the original Wim Hof, the first one he was ever on, I was in Los Angeles as well when they recorded that. And, and you listen to his story for 20 years, for at least 20 years, no one even knew he was digging a hole in the ice and jumping into the water. It, it just no one knew. And so you got 20 years under your belt of struggle, 
of real struggle. And now if you were to go up to Wim Hof right now and talk to him about your purposelessness, I'm sure he would say the same thing. It's like, find, find something, find some struggle in your life that is going to ignite that flame and that energy. You, I could go on for days. I could go on for every, any person in this life that you respect. You respect them because they have been through struggle. You do not respect them because they have been these laticans, these laticans that have just been shenaniganizing and that have been chasing the honeys around the streets, which is actually quite a funny example because if you were to look at what I do, it could appear that way. <laughs> but of course, it's much deeper than that. But you know what I'm saying, right? That you're just living for short-term highs and not putting any real depth and uh, real struggle into this. You won't respect that person. When I talk about Matt, my wing, who's uh, up in the clouds now, down on the ground and up in the clouds, I respected Matt so much because he invited struggle more than anyone else. He was one of the only guys I knew when he was still alive that went out solo at night, that would just go out solo at night. And that to me was, I was like, I, to me, I couldn't even go out at night with friends. Right? That's where I used to be. Yeah, man, it was the struggle. That's what we respect. So, so let that, that should well and truly answer your question. I'm going to take a pause here and just say thank you to all of you that are in the live stream right now. If you're enjoying this content, please leave me a thumbs up down below. It just helps to support this channel. And uh, drop me some comments, say hi, and your questions. You can start to drop questions now because we're wrapping up this content. And we're going to get into anything around dating, social dynamics, relationships, anything in the world of human interaction, or anything in general. Put your questions down there. Those that donate to the Super Chat, your question will come to the top first. I'll bump that. And thank you for supporting the channel that way. But I will say one thing very quickly. I did say at the beginning, purpose. I think about purpose in two ways, either through struggle or helping others. I, th I said it's, it's simultaneous. You do, I think about both. There are two trees within the same garden. There is another way in my video called Why Do You Wake Up in the Morning that I focused on specifically because it's just easier in a short video to talk about and it's surefire as well, is helping others. I said in that video, if you don't know why you wake up in the morning, start by helping someone else. That's a very good way of doing it. And it doesn't have to be going and building wells in Uganda. It can literally just be going out today, finding five random people on the street, looking them in the eyes genuinely and telling them, I wish you the best in your life. And listen, and you don't you don't know whether they whether whether they whether they sound back to you their appreciation in that moment, or you never get to see it, but you know that that's going to touch them somewhere, somewhere, somehow in the future, right? And that helps other people out. That's a tremendous purpose right there, and that is a struggle. There's struggle within that to be able to break break the break the bonds of society in which that we are chained to our solidarity to our to our solitude. And to actually reach out to other human beings, the struggle in that. It's not easy. You go watch that video of me uh, called How to Develop Empathy with Absolute Strangers. It looks so effortless. It looks so effortless that I can just go out to these people and just genuinely communicate love and joy to them. But it's not. That's the product of years and years of going through cold approach. Right? That's difficult shit to do and to convey it genuinely as well. But you've got to start somewhere. Just as I am with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu right now. Yes, I wish I started the struggle of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu uh, when I was 17. And I'm almost 27 now. Well, halfway there. 26 and a bit. Yeah, but listen. As the, as the Chinese proverb goes, 
The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is today. <clears throat> so, Soleil, get to work on your struggle today. And follow me up. Get back to me in a month. Don't get back to me tomorrow. Don't get back to me in a week. Get back to me in a month. Get a solid month of life experience under your belt where you explore all different realms of struggle. And come back to me and we'll, uh, we'll talk about it. Okay? Slide me a DM on the gram. With that being said, my friends, we'll now dive into the Q&A part of this section, section of this podcast. So if you guys do have any questions, go ahead and drop them down. Super Chats first. And I see that Mr. Sal has donated the first Super Chat of $2. Thank you very much, Sal, a.k.a. Halloween Prankster. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad you changed your username. I uh, thank you so much, Sal, for donating that. That just goes back to this channel and helps support everything we're doing right now. He says, thank you for being you in capitals, Adam. Question below. Well, thank you, Sal. Thank you. Okay. I appreciate your support. You've been here through since the beginning of these social q and I'm pretty, pretty damn sure. So, um, where's his question? Just trying to find his... Oh, because he says below, but maybe when you guys see it, it's actually above. So, if I'm just diving back up this chat box, and here we go. All right, so for those, just so those of you know, the super chat questions come first, and then if there aren't any other super chats after that, I go back up the chat box, and I'll try and go back up them. So hopefully I don't miss any questions. But Sal says, Hi, mate, question. <clears throat> As a older brother to my younger sister, who might be having, in quotes, daddy issues, end quotes, how can I help slash protect her and be there for her? Me being on this journey and knowing about social dynamics, thanks. Brilliant question. I've been expecting you, Mr. Potter. <laughs> this is a great question because that daddy issues video I've made is getting a bit of traction and people are seeing to resonate with it and I need to make a part two on it. I even received a DM this week about a guy that's got a, but I've received two DMs this week regarding daddy issues. One with a guy, with a girl who's the ice turtle shell version of the daddy issue. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just go watch the video, uh, Daddy Issues Explained on my channel. He's dealing with, a, with an ice turtle shell. And she she broke up with him because she said that the more validation you try to give me, the more that I hate you. Uh, yeah, that's an ice turtle shell for sure. <laughs> that's a brutal shit. And she fully acknowledges it's because of her daddy issues as well. Um, anyway, so getting back to Sal's question here, so I give you that context, as I do. So he's got a he's he's got a younger sister. He's got an emoto, and just Japanese younger sister, chill. And uh, he wants to know how he can help protect her. Well, the first thing I would say, Sal, is if it was my younger sister that I see has daddy issues, I first need to isolate what spec where on the spectrum, where on the scale does she fall of daddy issues. If you go on the far left, the ice turtle shell, or if you go on the far right, the lusting fire, where does she fall? Now, for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, you really need to go watch the video where I explain it more in depth. But just very quickly here, since this is a super chat question. The ice turtle, sh the, the daddy issues manifest as either the ice turtle shell, which is a girl that due to her poor relationship with her father, either because he mistreated her badly or was just not there, just absent in general, that she interprets that in a reclusive manner, in which that now she shies away from all masculine energy and now casts all masculine energy in a negative dark light, in which that I will never trust masculine energy, they will never be wholesome, they will never be true, 
I just, I'm always going to get fucked over by them. And so that's how, that's how she perceives all masculine beings from that day forward or that lifespan forward after her initial breakdown of her father's relationship. That's the ice turtle shell. Shells up like an ice turtle. Then on the far right, you've got the lusting fire, aka the firebird, in which that is complete opposite. In which that as a result of the same issue, which is that either poorly treated by her father or just an absent father in general coming up, formative years, that now, as a result of that vacuum, she now seeks to fill that. She seeks to overcompensate for that. In which that now, if any shred of masculine attention is shown to that that type of girl with that type of daddy issue, well, now she's on bended knee. She's on bended knee. She, she will do anything to get that fire. She will put up with the worst of conditions, the worst of treatment. She will allow guys to cheat on her. She will allow guys to fuck her over physically as well to, to cause harm to her and to do just mistreat her because of the absence of masculine attention in her formative years. So she will put up with pretty much anything. That's on the far right. And even though I said there's a spectrum and a scale, in my own experience, it's actually not the case. I say that to be, to protect against my own potential inadequacy of knowledge. Like I haven't met every girl in the world, but really it's actually kind of just one or the other. I very seldom do I see a girl in the middle of daddy issues where she's got a bit of both. It's very much far left or far right. It doesn't seem to be a lot of midway. I'm sure there's probably a girl out there that's going, but I'm in the midway. I'm like, okay, all right, Jennifer, relax. Relax, right? But for the most part, from what I've seen, it's one or the other. So for Mr. Sal here, if it's my sister, younger sister, I want to know which one she is. Because once you identify which one she is, that's going to give you an idea of how to approach her about it. And so I I can't really... uh, If you're still in this chat, if you're still in this chat, Sal, just drop a comment as to which one you think she's most like. I'm going to keep this rolling, but I will keep an eye on the chat box just in case you give me an answer. Otherwise, I'll keep rolling with it. In any case, in any case, all she needs is enlightenment. We, we tend to think of girls with daddy issues as lost causes, as in they will never be repaired. They are broken toys. They're broken dolls. Either or. However, I don't believe this to be true. It's, it's just what dosage is required to repair them. And to what extreme length do we need to go to? Is it that she just needs to go see a therapist? Is it that she just needs to go talk with a counselor, psychotherapist? Is it that she might need to go through a psychedelic experience to become aware and let go of her ego's attachment to the pain? caused by the lack of her father's absence, uh, sorry, the lack of her father's presence, or the horrific treatment her father may have, uh, what's the word, imparted on her at a younger age. Does she need something deeper like that? Does she need cognitive therapy in that sense? A more spiritual therapy in that sense? Does she need to go uh, on a journey, on an adventure? Solo adventure somewhere around the world. Give herself time. Give herself time to work these things out in which that she can be attached, detached from the environment that she grew up in. For a lot of people, their pain is stored within hurt lockers. And their hurt lockers are not just within their hearts. Their hurt lockers also maintain reference to particular latitude and longitude. 
if you were horrifically abused as a child in a certain city, suburb, you got a hurt locker there. You might not want to keep, keep living there. You might not want to come back as an adult and try and live there until you resolve this. And maybe one day you'll be able to come to harmony with that. But depending on your stage of your psychological issue, there are going to be measures needed to take to be taken. There are steps. And that a, a detachment from that environment is often very helpful when people... Uh, it's not... I, don't, I think for people that go and do something like ayahuasca, it's not just the elixir and the experience that comes from that psychedelic trip. It's also the fact that they had to leave Adelaide, South Australia and travel across the entire world to the Amazon rainforest and to go into with these with, with the tribes, with the tribals, and in the completely different environment in which that their hurt locker has no latitude or longitudinal reference. There's definitely an environmental compartment. So, Sal, these are just things I'm getting you to think about. And... I'm just stepping you through. These are the things that I'll do with my uh, younger sister if she had daddy issues, is that I just wanted her to be enlightened of it. Because as we all know, you can never force anyone to drink. The best you can do is lead them to the river. And as long as they know the water is there, and knowing that you're as the older brother, that you will always be there for her. And that even if she doesn't want to drink right now, aka doesn't want to acknowledge her daddy issues, aka doesn't want to be helped, resents the fact that you're trying to help her. A lot of people react this way. I'm not saying she will, saying she will, but some people do react this way. Particularly with their health, people react this way. But the best you can do, and the only thing you should do, is just let them know, number one, I'm always here for you and I'll always take you to the river. Number two, I will be here for when you want to drink. That's it. That's it. How's that manifest? Hey, younger sister. I noticed you got these issues with, your, uh, with our father. I noticed they're manifesting in a very uh, reclusive, hating of all masculine energy type way, aka Ice Turtle Shell. Or I noticed they're manifesting in this way in which you're allowing guys to just treat you like a piece of shit, aka Lusting Firebird. Whatever it is, I just want you to know that if you ever want to talk about this, I'm here. And if you want any help with it, I'm here. And I want to let you know that there's no shame. Right? Talk to me about this. I'm always here. As long as people know that when they're ready to drink, that they can. That's all people need to know. You can't force anyone to drink. Let them come to their own decision. Because in fact, that is the only way that they will evolve. So, Sal, I thank you very much for your uh, super chat to this channel. That donation is uh, very much appreciated. 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 And we shall move on to the next super chat, which has come in from Sle. Nahian, who donates a 99 cents Canadian. Thank you very much, Sile. He says, thank you so much, Adam, for guiding me through the process of life. I look forward to invite, to invite, to invite, I think he means inviting, struggle in life and helping others at the same time. Thank you very much. I can tell you watched this entire thing, Sile. So thank you for your concentration, for your awareness, for reaching out. I look forward to where and who you will become in the future. Well, let's see what type of man you will become. Let's see. Okay. Okay, moving on to the other questions. Just letting you guys know, we've got about 20 minutes here for uh, social q and Because there have been two super chats, I'll go back up the list now to other questions. Oh, excuse me. Did some heavy, heavy squats this morning. It's very sad in my spine. And... I've got to get a stand-up. That's, that's the next evolution of this podcast. 
This is the only time of the week I sit down. And I'm being serious. Or that on the bus. The bus and here. Right? <laughs> Otherwise, I'd... But this is definitely the only time I sit down for an extended period of time. I do all my work standing up. It's just that I haven't got a stand-up setup for this podcast yet, but we'll get there. Don't worry, we'll get there. Uh, okay, that's a goal for 2020. We'll work out a standing setup for this podcast. Okay, so diving back up the, super, the questions now, if there aren't any other Super Chats, but just let me take a pause here and say... Oh, fuck, I forgot water. <laughs> that's not what I wanted to say, but... All right, I'll get it in a sec. For those of you that are in this social Q&A, drop me a thumbs up if you're enjoying this content, if you haven't already. It just helps support the channel, helps support the video. If you're listening to this in post, or just even watching this in post, just drop me a comment on the video. I always answer the questions in post, and... Uh, just say hi or just say if you enjoyed this content just let me know just say thanks or whatever just lets me know you guys enjoy it and yeah if you haven't signed up to the boldojo.com bullsip weekly mr newsletter coming out later this friday your future 10 yourself how to plan for 10 years uh free it's free just put your email in at boldojo.com and we'll get it i'm just realizing that i'm running out of water so if you guys would not mind uh monte, i will be back in a hot second do not freak out. I'm just getting some water. Here is that. It's closer than I thought. <laughs> I thought I was going to have to be gone for a while there. But... Nope, got our water here. Let's go. So, questions, questions. We've got about another 20 minutes to go. If you want to get your question bumped to the top, you can donate to the Super Chat. Otherwise, I will just go through chronological ordering. And by the way, for those of you that have been reaching out, trying to send me questions for social Q&A on Instagram or Facebook or email, listen, I honor the questions that come in live here because those are the ones that have made their time to come support the channel live. If there are no other questions and it's under an hour and 30 because that's what the time I allocate for these sessions, then I will get to those questions. Otherwise, it's those who make it live. They're the ones that get honored. That's just, it's just being respectful, right? It's just being a good bloke about things. By the way, I do want to make a special shout out. I should have done this at the beginning of the potter, but I, I have no doubt he's listening right now because he's a hardcore. For those of you that are following me on Instagram this week, shout out to at Uitang1, Tang one you would have seen this two days ago. One of the hardcore followers of this podcast, shout out to Nicholas from Sweden, also known as Willingness to Accept on the YouTube uh, chat box, sent me this book care package with like nine different books. And oh, there's only one in here that I'd already read and already have in my uh, room, actually, which is The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Ruiz. Uh, but all the rest of them I'd never seen before. And and I'm just so grateful. I'm very grateful. And I just want to give an honorable mention because he sent me a whole bunch of uh, notes as well on like why he chose each book and and a whole bunch of references to the podcast. Like he referenced that BDP 96 was his favorite and a whole bunch of things from it. So yeah, he sent me all these books and I'm, I'm very grateful. So thank you very much for your support, Nicholas. Now, moving to the questions. Let's go. Let's get it. Okay, come back up here. So Bobby Benedict, Bobby Benedict said, "Woo, loo, loo. I don't know what that means, Bobby. Sounds like you've had a few too many mushrooms tonight. <laughs> you on that DMT trip? <laughs> uh, Rami Murad, my man Rami, comes in saying, ooh with the fire. 
Good to have you and Rami. Thank you very much for your support. And thank you very much for uh, enlightening some of the incels on this week's incel video. For those of you that haven't seen it, I dropped a fire of a video on Monday morning called Never Go Full Incel. And it got a lot of incels upset for sure. So you better go watch that. Also, it's a cinematic masterpiece, if I will say. <laughs> humble, not humble. <laughs> now, the reason why I say that is I just... I just I, I discovered some new tricks in editing, which made it even more cinematic than usual. So anyway, so that's, uh, Rami was, uh, in the comments, enlightening some of the incels. So I, I appreciate that, Rami. Uh, just a little note on that. For those of you of my hardcores, no, the, there is no impetus. There is no requirement for you guys to battle with the haters or the unenlightened, or the misled in the comments. I don't expect you guys to do that. In fact, I recommend you don't. I recommend that if you ever see a just a completely just downright stupid comment, or just just a hateful comment, or just a completely misled comment, right? Just just drop just drop them a little line, just like Rami did, saying, "I look forward to your journey." I think Rami said that to a few others, a few of the little incels. So you know, be respectful if you're going to battle with them. In Try not to battle with them, you know, don't get involved in that stuff. Just send them some love, send them some joy, and just say, well, see you on your journey, see you on the path. So Ian Kyster comes in saying, amazing timing on the topic, 100% quality content as always. Thank you very much, Ian. Appreciate your continued support. Nice, Matt comes in saying, is that Gary V? I always watch him. Uh, yes, I was. that was Gary Vaynerchuk who I was talking about, Gary V. So, so we already answered Sal's questions. Ian comes in saying, I have asked before about approaching people sitting on the park and was able to push past that fear with the tactics that you gave. So I ask, good job Ian. So I ask you, what's your, in quotes, tactics, end quotes, advice on how to handle a situation on a bus slash bus stop? What is the social savviness required? Ian, Ian, Ian. You remind me of one of my clients from bootcamp clients from sydney many years ago who does exactly what you are currently doing did what you are currently doing which is you're missing the forest for the trees you're missing the desert for the sand and what this is to say in is that you're looking for micro tactical answers to situations you perceive to be individual to their own but they're not Meeting a girl on the park, sitting down on the grass, is exactly the same principle behind meeting a girl at the bus stop, which is exactly the same principle by meeting a girl who's sitting down at a coffee shop, which is exactly the same principle as a girl who's sitting down uh, at the airport, which is exactly the same principle as a girl sitting in a library. And it goes on. The principle is context. If you took my advice from the last one, what's the one thing I gave you that was different? Context. Because that's the only thing that changes in my system. In my toolbox of game, open, qualification, investment, close. The only thing that changes if a girl is sitting down, in your example here, at a bus stop, is the fact that she's at a bus stop. That's all that changes. And when you adjust to that context, the rest of your execution adjusts with it. So you don't have to worry about anything else. If you just acknowledge the fact in your context, which is, excuse me, miss, I know you're sitting here at the bus stop. It's a bit weird. 
Basso's walking by. And I thought he looked gorgeous. And I won't come say hey. My name's Adam. Boom. Handshake. Now, from there, your execution's going to adjust because you're going to notice the environment. Is there anyone around us? Which creates unnecessary pressure in which that I'm going to say to her, well, listen, to alleviate this pressure, I'm not going to say that part, but that's the reason why I'm doing it. Listen, if you've got 30 seconds, do you want to step over here for a sec? Or if you have got 30 seconds, do you mind if we sit over here for a sec? Or if there isn't anyone in pay, like super packed, if there's space next to her on the bench, listen, do you mind if I sit down for 30 seconds? Socially savvy? Yeah? Not putting too much time pressure on her? Yeah? Cool. It just adjusts to the context. But I didn't have to reinvent the wheel. It's exactly the same principle as a girl who's sitting down by the tree. Yeah? The context. Listen, girl. I know you're sitting down here on the tree. It's a bit strange. But I thought this. I want to come and say hi. My name's Adam. Thought you look beautiful. My name's Adam. I want to say hi. She goes, oh, cool. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming up. Uh, do you mind if I sit down for 30 seconds? I'm already sitting down as I'm saying it. Right? Assume, always assume the lead. And because you, you're going to read this off the open. If a girl doesn't receive your open well, you're not even going to try with that. Right? So he's just reading the girl in front of you. Girl sitting down at the airport waiting at her gate. Listen, miss, I'm on the way to Zimbabwe. And I know it's a bit random. We're in the airport. But I thought you were beautiful today. And I had to come say hey. My name's Adam. Oh, da, da, da. Listen, do you have 30 seconds before your flight? Yeah, yeah. Right, I sit down. And we're in and back to qualification, back to the rest of the toolbox. Qualification, bang, light it up. Chill it down on investment, sweet. Close, if you've got an time for instant date, great. If you don't, see to the story. Eh, everything runs on, okay? So Ian, what you're doing here is that you're missing the forest for the trees. You're missing the desert for the sand in which that you're trying to treat every scenario as its own individual scenario, but it's not. The principle is context. You just adjust the context. Whatever you're doing, whatever's happening, you're in the supermarket, you're picking up your bloody coconut oil, right? I, was, I know it's a bit random, we're in the coconut oil aisle, but back into the regular system. That's all that changes. And then if things come in, like there's a lot of people around or the shop clerk comes up to you, you'll handle that in the moment. And that only comes through experience, all right? So I don't want to hear any of these questions from you again. You've been given a stern talking to a young fella. So... <laughs> Keep growing though. Thank you for your support. Oh yeah, moving forward here. Luke Solomon's put in a question, message retracted. Okay. I believe, I believe that is them doing that now. I used to think it was someone else. Uh, not someone else. I used to think it was YouTube retracting the messages, but it's nuts. Uh, let me move this for a sec. Jesus. There we go. Get an idiot. Get an idiot. Uh, okay, who we got next? Saleh Nahayan had said, I can relate to you on rushing things so well. The same thing happened to me thrice. Yeah, okay. That must have been from well further back in this chat. All right, St. Louis comes in. I haven't seen St. Louis in these live chats for a while. Uh, he says, Adam, what's your opinion on showing others your thinking? That's a lot of yas. It's a lot of yas, Louis. Chill out on the yas. Uh, what's your opinion on showing others your thinking was correct? And you were right about knowing you'd be financially and generally successful. Prove them wrong by using the chips on your shoulder. Too many yas. Too many yas. Relax on the yas, all right? But to his uh, question. So basically he's talking about proving others wrong. What's your opinion on showing others your thinking was correct? And you just really strangely phrased here. 
I'm just trying to get my head around it. You were right about knowing you'd be financially and generally successful. Uh, so my opinion on basically the gist of what he's asking here is that, you know, when people doubted you or people didn't think you would be correct in whatever path you chose, but then it turns out through the process of life, you were actually successful in the end. He's asking, what do you think about telling people about this and walking around with a chip on your shoulder? I'm not going to, I don't tell anyone how to live in this life. But if it's me, you're holding on to pain. You're holding on to your hurt locker. And that forgiveness is everything. We never forgive, uh, sorry, we never forget, but we always forgive. And that for, to, in, to condemn someone for doubting you at a previous stage in life and to think that they couldn't rectify that, rectify their mistakes, learn and grow, and you always treat them in this light, that to me is almost just as bad. That's what they did to you. So you're really just stepping down to their level. People that walk around with chips on their shoulders, and what that really means is that they've allowed their ego to be inflated by their experiences in life. I find that it is largely very painful for them. Unhelpful and largely very painful. Now, some people, most people love that pain. Most people love the pain of that, the psychological trauma and pain. They love it. Why? Because it's theirs. There's one thing... There's one thing just under the ego loves other than itself, and that it's the ego's pain. The ego loves itself first and foremost. The ego will do anything to ensure its own existence, keep its existence alive. But there's one thing that it loves just as much, almost just as much, a very close second, which is the pain it brings upon itself and incurs in this life. Why? Because it's theirs. So really, you could see that it's just, it's, it fulfills its existence. So it might seem counterintuitive, like why would someone uh, love, the, love to hate? Why would someone love to, be, to keep a grudge? Why would someone love to keep a chip on their shoulder? Because it's theirs. Because it's theirs, they can take ownership. It gives them a sense of identity in this life, as false as it may be. So I find it to be very uh, unhelpful. I find it very painful and very unhelpful. If, you, if you've got people around you that doubted you, and it turns out you were right in the end, forgive them. Forgive them and move on. What would a boy do? What would a boy do? A boy would condemn those people for the rest of their lives and never allow them a chance to grow. What would a man do? A man would recognize that mistakes were made, forgive them, not forget, make sure that they can't repeat that mistake on them, but move forward. Give them a chance. That's all I have to say on that. So, uh, moving to the next question. Luke Solomon said, how exactly do you know your purpose? So that was much earlier in the chat and I addressed that. So if you just go back and rewatch this live chat, you'll get it. Uh, next question from Boda Boda. And he said, change city. Don't know what you mean, Boda Boda. With a smiley face, change city. I'm not sure that's all he says. I don't know what that means. Infinite Paradox comes in saying, it's good marketing here, he he, with a peach. Thank you, Infinite. Been training. <laughs> And uh, actually, so Butterbird now comes in and saying, I try Kino with her, but she said she didn't want to be touched. I chatted with her and her friend for a while, and then I left. So it seems like, Bodo, you've started a conversation and then just gave, given me the absolute end of it. That just makes no sense at all to me. But largely, and there's not even a question there anyway. But any guy that's currently thinking about sexuality with a girl in terms of Kino, 
you're so far lost. You're, you're so far gone. Like, it's not 1990 anymore. You, know, you don't have to think about interrelations with the opposite sex in such a geeky, nerdy way of Kino and K-closes and, oh, no, you know, you don't have to be this, these, these hardcore pickup guys anymore. It's like the complete antithesis of my channel. The complete, the complete, the modality behind everything that I do is getting you out of pickup and into becoming real men. The evolution from boyhood to manhood psychology. And just, it's not, I mean, I, I was talking to this, um, uh, this, this great guy pre-screening on a boot camp yesterday. And I was telling him exactly about this. My vision for all my clients is that it's no longer day game. It's no longer night game. It's no longer pickup. It's just meeting a girl. I'm a man. You're a woman. Let's meet. That's it. So, and then St. Louis then comes in saying, thank you for your wisdom, Adam, double exclamation marks. And that, my friends, is actually perfect timing because that's when we normally wrap up the session and there's no other questions. So, I thank... Excellent. Excellent. I thank you all. That's it. I just want to make sure I haven't missed any because last week I did miss some. Like we were already in the chat. But otherwise, that brings us to time. So, my friends, thank you very much for joining in on this social Q&A live episode, Nijuich uh, 21. And if you did enjoy this content, please hit that thumbs up down below. Just supports the channel, supports everything we're doing here. Let YouTube know you guys enjoy this content and lets me know that you do. So I can keep making it. Also, if you're watching this in post or watching this uh, even right now, just say thanks for the content. Drop a comment on the video afterwards. Just uh, give me a thumbs up or thank you or anything like that. It just all helps. And of course, if you're not signed up to the Bowl Sip weekly email newsletter, I've got a fantastic article on how to plan for your future self in 10 years. It's coming out today in about three hours, four hours from now. Just go to bowldojo.com, put your email in, confirmation email, hit yes on that, and you'll get that hot and fresh. So that being said, my friends, I thank you very much for being here. Luke Solomon says, uh, thanks, bro. Actually, nice. Max says, hi, Adam. I actually almost went incel, leaving hurt. Leaving, <coughs> leaving hurting those that doesn't need to be hurt. Yeah, never go in so. And uh, Boda Boda says, bro, you missed the first part. What first part? I'm not seeing any other message from you, Boda. Unless it's just not popping up. All I can see from Boda Boda says change city. And then I try Kino over. So Boda, it's not showing up for whatever reason. So just say, if, it's, if it's really that important, just send me an email at boldojo.com and I'll definitely be able to address you there okay or instagram how do we tang one double o i tang one so that being said my friends i'll catch you most likely next friday yes we should have another episode next friday i likely have boot camp the weekend after that uh but until then stay up with me on instagram and you'll be able to get up to date and it's been an absolute session of session thank you very much and as always wishing the best in your life much peace and much joy Thank you very much, my friends, for diving into this episode of Social Q&A Live. I'd love to have you in the live sessions, actually. So if you can make it, generally speaking, most Fridays at 10 a.m. Australian Central Daylight Time, which is just Adelaide, South Australia. For the foreseeable future, you can join in on these live sessions and get your questions answered live. The best place to connect with me outside of these podcasts and outside of YouTube is on Instagram, at uitang1, spelt O-O-I-T-A-N-G, one slide me any dms there personal context you can also shoot me an email at boldojo.com which is of course 
what this podcast is brought to you by. If you guys would like to pick up my ebook, Crash Course Kick-Ass Day Game, book one-on-one Skype coaching, or go for that deeper level, Day Game Foundations Bootcamp, all available to you by boldoja.com. And finally, if you would like to send a little something back and just support this channel, support this podcast and everything that I'm doing here, you can do so by donating through the PayPal link, which is paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I, or also directly through boldojo.com In the Boldojo podcast section, there's a donate link right at the top there. Anything that you guys do send, it goes straight back to this channel and everything I'm doing. So I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. And this, my friends, is where I shall leave you. Until next time. On Dragon Ball. No, not on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Wishing you the best of your lives. Much peace and much joy.